funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television licence fee. Streetwise Athlone In this series, we learn about the old and recent history of the streets of Athlone, hear the thoughts and memories of locals and tourists, and the changes we might see in the future. Episode 27, Abbey Road Historian Garrod O'Brien tells us about the history of the area. At the end of Northgate Street, much of the old workhouse is still intact. Built to the design of George Wilkinson, the workhouse was built in 1840 on the site of an old orchard. It was built with a capacity for 800 inmates. During the famine, the workhouse was filled to overflowing and at least two auxiliary workhouses were acquired. One of these was in Scotch Parade and the other in Boswell's Brewery in Northgate Street. The front building of the workhouse was the admissions block, which is now vacant. It housed the porter's quarters, with the boardroom and clerk's office overhead. It was converted for use as Athlone Technical School in the 1930s, and served as such until the school moved to retreat in 1975. The central block included the master's quarters, and the segregated accommodation block for the inmates. This is now St Mary's Hall, and the third block was the fever hospital, which has been subsumed into St Vincent's Hospital. The whole complex was surrounded by a high wall. The workhouse itself served the Athlone Poor Law Union, and the commissioners were selected from the principal landowners in the catchment area. Athlone Workhouse served an area which took in one-sixth of the county of Westmead, and a quarter of the county of Roscommon. The Athlone Union, which was declared in April 1839, took in two divisions of Athlone, and the divisions of Moat, Ballymore, Nochaval, Kilkenny West, St John's, Tisrara, Cam, Toc McConnell, Kilclay, Kilcrumrera, Drumraney, Benown, Ballylochlow, Kiltoom, Rahara, Tocboy and Dysart. So people from all these places who found themselves in crippling poverty and unable to cope could apply for admission to the workhouse. However, seeking admission to the workhouse was always considered as a last resort because children were taken from their parents, brothers were separated from sisters, husbands from wives and they had to work hard and for very long hours just to get food, no matter how poor it was, to keep body and soul together. It was on this site also, many years earlier, that the Williamites built a well-equipped battery to enable them to make their final assault on the town wall during the famous siege of 1691. This gave them access to the Leinster side of Athlone in preparation for storming the bridge, or, as it transpired, discovering the natural ford and making their way across the Shannon to capture Athlone Castle. Across from the workhouse on Abbey Road is the ruins of a Franciscan church which was never completed. Because of the penal laws, the Catholic clergy in Ireland were unable to build church buildings and instead spent their lives on the run, saying masses in the fields. When King James II came to the throne in 1685, the Catholics of Ireland believed that things were improving and that they could set about re-establishing their churches. A letter written from Athlone in 1688 stated that the Franciscan convent of Athlone is a building and that walls are of a pretty good height by this. Sadly, the years of turmoil in Athlone following the famous sieges in 1690 and 1691 stopped the building of this church before it was completed. 
The abandonment of this building probably came about in response to the Banishment Act of 1697, which allowed for the expulsion of priests and religious. The friars of Athlone were branded as outlaws and sought shelter outside the town at Friars Island on the shores of Lochree. It was not until 1812 that they started to build their new church on the site of the present Franciscan church, thus leaving their unfinished abbey overlooking the town's burial ground. The abbey graveyard served as the main graveyard for Athlone from 1700 at least until Cornemar Cemetery was opened in 1872. A large storyboard on the site lists the surnames of all those recorded on the headstones. Noel remembers events and some of the musicians who performed in St Mary's Hall from the 60s to the 80s. St Mary's Hall has long been synonymous with music and lots of other things in, in Athlone. Um, it first came to prominence for me when the Felicione Scullina was held there annually and it was always held in May. It started in uh, St Mary's Hall in 1966 and it has since moved over to the Dean Crow Hall. With regard to live bands playing, one of the big names that came to prominence in Ireland around 1970 was a band called Elmer Fudd. And they were very, very big, very, very popular on the student circuit and on the touring circuit. And they packed out St Mary's Hall on several occasions. Another band that used to play there was Skid Row. Um, and they were an early version, if you like, of Thin Lizzy. Um, Brush Shields was the main driving force behind it. He used to play um, bass guitar. It also featured for a while Phil Linnett and also guitarist Gary Moore. Um, and they used to, again, were huge around um, Ireland. In more recent times, in the 1980s, Susie Quattro um, had an Irish tour. She completed an Irish tour. One of her dates was in Hayden's Hotel in Ballinasloe. And prior to that particular date, she spent about two to three days in St Mary's Hall rehearsing in preparation for the Irish tour. So Susie Quattro rehearsed in St Mary's Hall as well. And the disco scene came to Athlone uh, again in the early 70s with a guy called Christy May. And Christy May went on to own some of the big hotels in the Midlands. He owns the big hotel in Tullamore and in Mullingar. And he started uh, with his own mobile disco. Um, It was called Christy May Disco Agogo. That was the name of it. And he played to packed houses in St Mary's Hall. Mick has an interesting idea for Abbey Road. Yeah, well, there's a lot of history around the, the area to Abbey Road. But I think um, that they should change the names as they have done 1916, commemoration of all, I think that the likes of these places should be changed as well. So what would you say is a good name for the road? Oh, well, I don't know. I mean... I'm I'm a sort of Republican person myself, so we could be talking in terms of that to commemorate somebody from 1798 even, never mind 1916, you know? Yeah. Call it Napertandi Road. <laughs> <laughs> or, um, I don't know, Thomas Russell, Russell Road, Thomas Russell. A very poignant person, and 
not well renowned in history as we would know other people but it would give people the, the idea to look up and say well Russell who was this guy and maybe we might all learn a little bit of something as we go and that building down there which used to be a nurse's home that was all part of the workhouse because the walls came all the way right to where the tech school is there the technical school we used to go to the tech which was the first building and that was the reception area for want of a better word yeah. going into the workhouse what do you what do you remember about about the school well i remember it's been very good because i wasn't sort of i wouldn't you wouldn't call me an academic by any manners of means i mean i was dyslexic and that so when i went to the tech it was um, a better situation because you were learning things with your hands that was always a tech going back from prior to my time i don't know exactly when the tech started but it must have must have went back i suppose to perhaps the 30s or 40s or maybe before that maybe the, the beginning of the the free state i don't know so what were you learning there what did, did you well woodwork the usual wood was a technical school so woodwork any of the trades i i took up the woodwork side of things carpentry but you could have learned metalwork and all that type of stuff like streetwise athlone historical research and presentation by garrod o'brien additional research by damien mccallum interviews by amanda gunning ursula ledwith Mel Ray and Erica Follows Smith. Editing by Kyle McKellen. Produced by Amanda Gunning. The additional contributors to this episode were Noel Lackey and Mike Mead. Funded by the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland with the television license fee.